0: Good morning, um, and welcome to our worship at Hillhead. Um, Our service this morning, um, as you probably already guessed, is led by Neil. Um, I was going to say and Neil's accordion, as if those were two separate things, but it's wonderful to have some live music um, um, in our service this morning, and thank you to Neil for that. Um, Neil has uh, noticed in the preparation of the order of service that the um, standard-sized font order of service isn't opening particularly well on people's mobile phones. So if you are using your mobile phone for the order of service this morning, we would recommend that you use the large print version or alternatively, um, Neil's printed lots of extra copies so you could have a paper version as a treat. Um, A wee reminder that our AGM and church meeting will take place next Sunday, the 10th of September. This will take place during our morning worship here in the hotel um, and as usual will be a hybrid meeting. We're looking forward to welcoming Frances Bloomfield at that meeting to help us continuing our, continue our discernment conversations. Um, thank you to folks who came along to our Zoom chats about having a midweek group um, this week. Um, it was lovely to um, get a chance to speak to folks about what um, kind of format they might want that to take. Um, it looks <coughs> like, oh, thanks Laura. <laughs> um, it looks like that will be a mixture of a conversation group um, around a specific topic each week um, and that that will be interspersed with some bible studies just depending on on what participants are wanting. Um, we're hoping to start that on Tuesday the 12th of September but I'll, I'll send out a, an email announcement a wee bit closer to the time um, so that hopefully I think Tuesdays at about seven o'clock seems to suit most people who've expressed an interest so hopefully that will suit you. Um, I'm not sure if Lena's still looking for some Zoom backup. Yes, yes Lena's still looking for some volunteers to be Zoom backup here in the hotel on Sunday mornings. That can be just as simple as having Zoom open in your phone um, just so that we definitely, if we have a technical issue at the front end, have somebody in the room who's still logged in to, to Zoom so that the service doesn't crash. Um, re- looks like it's really straightforward, folks who've already tried it. Um, so speak to Lena if you are up for helping out with that. Um, we're also looking for, it's all volunteers this week, so sorry about that. I'm bullying you from the front. We're also looking for volunteers to lead Sunday school on the 24th of September. That's the 24th of September, so a couple of weeks' time, three weeks from today. Um, speak to Emma or Bethany if you would uh, like to help out with that. Um, so next week we will meet as usual here in the hotel uh, for our AGM and our church meeting um, in the context of our worship. These are all our notices.
1: Let us come before God in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this safe space here this morning, for a time of peace, to put aside the interruptions, to put aside the demands on our time and energy, to be still and to know that as we seek you in this place, that you have already been seeking us. We pray that the clutter of busy lives would not blind us from the reality of your presence here. Give us the courage to be stirred from our comfort zone of familiarity. Save us from empty routine as we worship you. May we not be afraid to follow you in new directions. Give us the intelligence to think, the courage to express, and the humility to value the opinion of others and their insight. Lord, we come here to confess our inner regrets, our disappointments, our mistakes of situations that cannot be unscrambled. We thank you for your forgiveness and pray that we would accept this and that our minds and thoughts would not be so self-critical as to paralyse us from being your body in the world today. And we join together now in the Lord's Prayer, in whatever language comes naturally. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will done. Give us this day our bread. And death, as we forgive those, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, uh, what have we here, eh Now, this is something you will see at the sea, in lovely little harbours, perhaps on the east coast of Scotland, places like Crail, uh, Pit and Wing St Monans, all these places, and uh, you'll find it on the sea, and the flag is any colour except blue or green, because it's got to stand out, and uh, all you see on the surface is that, usually waving around. Now. Uh, on my way to church this morning a man was uh, walking very fast behind me and he overtook me and he said excuse me why are you carrying this flag (laughs) so I explained that I was going to church to preach and my sermon was in the bag and in my rucksack I had the organ and uh, (laughs) anyway I quizzed him on on this uh, not telling him but asking a question uh, what do you think it is and he couldn't get it anyway Does anyone know why we have these little flags dancing around on the surface of the water? Yes. A lobster pot, right. There is a lobster pot somewhere below. And that's why there is a rope that goes right down and it goes to the seabed. And at the bottom of the sea, there is a lobster pot. But on the surface, all you can see is the flag. And there are many things that are pointers to something that is so deep that you cannot see it and i often wonder the people that wander uh, in this goldfish church where people wander around outside there we have one at the moment walking his dog and you wonder um, what do they see well what they see certainly is the flag they see people here because when you come to church, you're making a very strong political statement of being here. But they possibly don't know what that is attached to down below. So this morning, we're going to be thinking quite a bit about things that are unseen. But on the surface, there is a flag that um, shows you that there is something there. And you can sometimes see it in your imagination. And it's a good thing if you see things with your own eyes and work out your own thoughts because these thoughts can be very like prayers, because thought can be prayer. And uh, there we have the flags on the water. Now, for the next, um, we are going to uh, sing this seated.
2: No uh-huh. با شنیدن آن بسیاری از شاگردانش گفتند این تعلیم سختی است چه کسی می‌تواند آن را بپذیرد عیسی با آگاهی از اینکه شاگردانش از این موضوع غر می‌زنند به آنها گفت آیا این شما را آزار می‌دهد پس And in
1: English, from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 6, reading from verse 60. Many of his disciples heard this and said, This is tough teaching, too hard to swallow. Jesus sensed that his disciples were having a hard time with this and said, Does this throw you completely? What would happen if you saw the Son of Man ascending to where he came from? The Spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is spirit-word, so it is life-making. But some of you are resisting, refusing to have any part of this. Jesus knew from the start that some were not going to risk themselves with him. He also knew Who would betray him? He went on to say, This is why I told you earlier that no one is capable of coming to me on his own. You'll only get to me, only as a gift from the Father. After this, a lot of his disciples left. They no longer wanted to be associated with him. Then he gave the twelve their chance. Do you also want to leave? Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves, confident that you are the Holy One of God. been times when Jesus was very popular and the crowds followed him we all know the kind of thing I mean sometimes he had to clamber into a boat to get space simply he could stand without being crowded over he'd been very popular why I wonder perhaps it was the in thing to do to follow a person with a lot of personality they were fair weather followers of Jesus but they did not like it later on when he told them some pretty direct words. They may have been inspired to follow because they enjoyed his parables, his wit, his inspiring style, even his entertainment. We're so used to many of the parables that we don't realise just how funny they are. Probably, if you'd never heard the story about a camel going through the eye of a needle, you would find that hysterical. I know we're so used to it that we don't, and possibly also let him have your coat and your shirt as well. Perhaps the humour is lost in us with familiarity. But now, things are becoming dangerous, and people realise that following Jesus, with that, there was the cost of discipleship. Fundamentally, their point of view was that they had come to Jesus to get something out of him, but now there was something that had to be given to him and maybe that was too much and as we read from John's Gospel many of them quit at that point. they had only contemplated discipleship for purely selfish reasons and that is a contradiction of the Gospel message. They could see where Jesus was heading and they wanted to escape and so we read at this point many of his disciples turned back and would not go with him anymore. And let's look at these two verses. Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also want to leave? And Peter said these six words, Lord, to whom would we go? For you have the words of eternal life. And you know, that's a very typical Hebrew response. Someone asks a question and you expect an answer. But what do you get in return? You get another question and it's a bit like the old hebrew boy who was very annoyed with his rabbi and he said why won't you answer my questions why do you always answer a question with a question to which the response was why not quite a clever response well there are times when faith can have real difficulties and there is the temptation to give up The fact of the matter is that 10% of the membership of this church have, in the last decade, experienced life-threatening consequences. And for them to be a Christian is a serious business. So Peter remained and the disciples remained. But for most of us, the temptation to give up is not so much life-threatening it's more just getting a bit fed up with things it's not so much that we no longer believe in this or that but it's more being perhaps exhausted with the structured parts of our faith like coming to church the kind of thing i mean is maybe in the depth of winter when you're feeling not very well having maybe to be on a rota or do a sunday school class when you simply don't have the mental energy in you to do so perhaps being in a committee meeting where there's an impossible choice to be made, or perhaps being in a rota when there's other things you could do with your day perfectly well. Yes, it's easy to get tired of all that type of thing. Wesley uh, suffered uh, as a young man uh, for a short time from a type of what you might call spiritual depression, and he reckoned that the answer was to get hold of a hut and live in this hut for the rest of his life alone with God a life of devotion. Well, he told this to an older man expecting to have some agreement on the subject, but the old man didn't say anything. He leaned forward and with uh, metal tongs took a burning coal out of the fire and laid it on the hearth. And the coal was no longer glowing. It got colder and colder. And after a while, it just went out. Well, Wesley got the message, fortunately, that faith does involve community. Now, Peter agreed with that point of view because he did not say to whom would i go but to whom would we go so for peter it was a matter of we all stay or we all quit let's look at some of these words not to what would we go but to whom would we go to peter following a set of rules was not the answer it was the person of jesus that he was following the central message of jesus if you really want to put it in three words, which you can't really, but it would be, come unto me. Not come unto my teaching, not come unto my book. Come unto me. Back to our text. Lord, to whom would we go? For you give us the words of eternal life. And that eternal life is not just some life hereafter, but it's about having purpose and meaning now. And one of the purposes must surely be joy Not dourness, not misery. I know Scottish people like being miserable, but it's not really about that. A comment that has been overheard in the coffee club quite often is, who are these old people over there who are laughing and joking? Where on earth do they come from? So there is a note of joy about that. Now that is not triviality, because a lot of serious pastoral care and spirituality does happen amidst the laughter. But on a more serious note, some have faced corrupt and abuse of distortions of the Christian message and find it very, very difficult to believe at all. And we have to understand that, and it's quite remarkable that people that I've known who've experienced that are still in the faith. The kind of thing I'm talking about is the extreme Sabbath, not being allowed to go to dances, not being allowed to go to the cinema regarding anything to do with sex as evil what to wear or not to wear to church the list is endless now i speak here 84 years to the minute after an event which took place in hillhead baptist church um, in 1939 on september the third halfway through the service just as the sermon was beginning Half an hour earlier, a man in the congregation had brought in a large radio. We used to call them a wireless. It would be a big old wooden radio. And below the pulpit, he'd plugged this thing in. He'd tuned it in. And he was listening all the time. Dr Macbeth was in the pulpit. And the man gave him a signal like that. Dr Macbeth said, now we have to listen to an important announcement. We were all expecting an announcement before midday, the radio volume was turned up and the familiar words that you've all heard many times before this is the BBC Home Service we have a message from the King and the King's voice with its hesitancy boomed out to the congregation, I have received no such letter and it is with much regret that I tell you that the country is now at war Now what happened 30 seconds later was that a man at the back of the church stood up and walked out of the church. People thought he'd taken ill or he was upset but what he was bothered about was the fact that someone had desecrated worship by having a radio in the church. Now there were two brothers and I knew the other brother as some of you did and that man who walked out of the church was a member of Hillhead Baptist Church he never went back to our church. His brother lived to a good old age, and 50 years later it was my pleasure to deliver the church flowers to him in his house in Mulgai. Some of you will remember old Ernest. When I called that day, he was actually reading the New Testament in Greek. He was a cheery, wonderful man. Two different responses. Why, oh why, do we seem to think that the importance of our faith is something as trivial as whether or not you have a radio in church. What would you make of all the electronic stuff we have in our churches today? But as I said, there are people who find it difficult to believe because of distorted versions of the Christian faith. The film The Magdalene Sisters is a very extreme version of that. It is based on the real-life case study of three young women one of the girls had been raped and was pregnant the baby was taken off her at birth and she was thrown in what was effectively a jail for the rest of her life now that in any way sounds being anti-catholic let me assure you of two things I play music in Catholic schools, and it is a delight to play Christmas choruses and hymns to a school where you don't need to be upset about atheist fundamentalist parents. And secondly, in our own Sunday school here, with a quarter of our children going to Catholic schools, it is amazing how good their biblical knowledge is. Another example of rejection by a Christian church is that of Gandhi, Now, we always think of Gandhi as being associated with India, but in fact, Gandhi, as a young man, lived in South Africa, and he decided to go to church. Well, he'd only got into the vestibule of the church when one of the deacons said to him, "Uh, excuse me, sir, you're not welcome here. There's a church down the roads for the likes of you. Well, Gandhi there and then decided that he would never, ever enter a Christian church again. Can you imagine what might have happened the way history might have changed had he not been bounced from that church. And that is one of the things about the Christian faith, that Jesus, by his own example, experienced all the exhausted, worn out and rejected feelings in life. And in his case, yes, from the leaders of the faith community in which he lived. However, the fact of the matter is that some people have developed a stronger faith as a result of a personal crisis. Martin Luther, as a young man, went for a walk in a thunderstorm with another young man. The other man was struck dead by a bolt of lightning. The effect that had on Martin Luther was very profound. You couldn't really put it into words, but something, somehow, that affected his entire outlook on life. And as a result of that, it affected um, the church in Europe enormously. In the Old Testament, Job found a deeper faith in God when the very lid of hell had been taken off. It was my great pleasure to be given a ticket to the Andrew Rio concert in the Hydro about two months ago. And the young woman who sang, sang these words which are straight from the mouth of Job. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Not sung or said by someone who's having a great day, but someone who is, as I said, experiencing the very lid of hell having been taken off. Time and time again within this congregation, I'm amazed at the amount of pastoral empathy that comes from people who've really been through the mill and who are listening and helping someone else who's going through the same crisis in life. That type of pastoral care is not the kind of thing you pick up from a textbook or intellectual reasoning. It is something to do with your own experience of being alongside them, living in the same world as Jesus, God, came among us. And that is the centrality of our message. How many times have I heard midwives saying that their attitude to their patients was totally different after they themselves had given birth? So what do we know about the personality of Peter? What do we know about him at all? Well, he was the brother of Andrew. And indeed, it was Andrew who led Peter to Jesus. Now, Andrew is a Greek name. And that's interesting because it could well be that the parents of Peter and Andrew saw faith as a much more worldwide thing rather than being limited to their own community. We know that they valued cultures other than their own. We know that Peter was married, or at least had been, because he had a mother-in-law. We know that he was a fisherman, originally called Simon, sometimes known as Simon Peter. Jesus renamed him Peter. Peter meaning rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. The same words can mean petrified. The same word can even mean to peter out, to extinguish, to give up. Quite a few contradictions, and Peter was certainly full of all these contradictions. Peter had a gift of putting deep meaning into very simple words, often spoken impulsively, without thinking. Above all, he had that sincerity and simplicity of coming straight to the point. And all of that suggests that only Peter could come out with that very searching question. Lord, to whom would we go? For you have the words of eternal life. To Peter, the simple fact was that there was just no one else to go to. Christianity is not a philosophy which we accept. It is not a theory to which we give allegiance It is not something which is thought out. It is not something which is intellectually arrived at. It is a responsible, it is a personal response to Jesus. It is the answer of the heart to the magnet of Christ. It is an allegiance and a love which someone gives, quite simply because their heart will not allow them to do anything else
3: you to respond with the words, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Valerie will lead this response, so when you hear a change of voice, this is your cue to to come in and join in. That is a part from this first line where Valerie will lead on. Rejoice in the Lord always, the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God. God of manifold grace, we bring our prayers to you as acts of love for you and for our neighbours.
2: Lord, in your mercy,
3: hear prayer. You will make justice break forth like the light. We pray for the world, for peacemakers, and for all who serve in the name of Christ. We pray and give thanks for the work of BMS, and as we've read in our recent version of the key, we think of the work particularly in Chad, where life expectancy is only 52, and one in nine children can die before they reach the age of five. We give thanks that BMS has been able to install new solar, solar panels at a local hospital, providing a more reliable and cleaner source of power, which enables the running of air conditioning and other vital services. We pray too for provision for all of the other many projects that they are involved in throughout the world. We pray regards to many areas of difficulty in our world, where war, famine, natural disasters, disease, hardships, persecution, and poverty can prevail in many places such as Ukraine, Syria, Afghanistan, Iran, Sudan, and more recently through the fires in places like Greece, Spain, and Hawaii, as well as those affected by Hurricane Adalia in Florida, among many, many other situations in our world. Lord, and your mercy,
2: hear our prayer.
3: As you supply strength for service we pray for our community and for our friends and neighbours. We pray for all those returning or recently returned to schools, colleges and universities. We pray for all of the staff and those who work hard at times of cuts resources and manpower, sometimes having to uh, deal with difficult situations and uncertainties such as strikes. We think of the staff and pupils whose buildings have been affected by the construction with aerated concrete and all of the disruption caused as a result. We pray in particular this morning for the staff and pupils of the Scottish Baptist College that they may know your hand upon them in this new term as important future careers and callings are clarified, empowered, and enabled. We pray for wisdom for any prospective students still deciding whether to get in contact or apply for the coming academic year. We give thanks for the return of most IT systems and for the IT department at the University working hard to get them all running for the start of the term. We pray that returning, for returning students as they continue their journey and formation throughout the coming year, and we give thanks for SBC's productive staff, day, uh, day and preparations for the year ahead. We pray too for our Baptist churches and those who serve us within our union. Lisa Holmes, our deeper church lead, loch Gilfed Baptist Church, Lossymouth Baptist Church, and let Lindsay Cameron communications lead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And in a moment's silence, we offer other concerns we carry in our hearts.
0: Lord, In
3: your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you sow your storied word within us with compassion. As this day has broken upon us, may we remember your mercy and extend it to others as we live for the sake of your reign. Lord, in in your your mercy, hear our our prayer. prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Back to the lovely East Coast fishing villages just for a moment. If you take a walk through the back streets, you will come across an external stair leading to the upper flat where a different family live. It seems to be so typical Of these places and that outside stair is the kind of stair that the disciples went up when they went to celebrate the passover with jesus the passover that became the lord's supper so let us in our imagination go up that rickety outside stair to the passover meal like the flags on the sea these flags of the passover were attached firmly to things that were far too deep to see but which were part of the collective memory of the jewish people going back hundreds of generations there were several things on the table there was unleavened bread bread that was baked without a raising agent without yeast to symbolize the escape from egypt when there was no time left to let the yeast bubbles make the bread rise. So it was more like wafers, possibly crunchy oat cake baked in a hurry. Then there was the roasted shank bone, symbolising the blood of the Passover lamb that had been painted above the door lintel so the angel of death would not come into that house. There was an egg, symbolizing new life there was parsley with salt water to remind them of the tears of the hebrew slaves There were bitter herbs for the bitterness of slavery there was a type of uh, fruit mincemeat of apples, cinnamon and nuts which reminded them of the mortar used by the hebrew slaves in the endless building projects of the pharaohs such as the pyramids there was elijah's cup which represents the eventual establishment of god's kingdom and so the disciples shared that annual meal in the upper room linked to their past but now without any warning at all experiencing an event which should be repeated throughout the following centuries time and time again all over the world for countless generations they were not acting this was reality and we are part of it going back in our imagination to that meal when at the end of the meal jesus took the bread and wine and so the end of that passover became the beginning of the lord's supper we are linked to our past both the group memories of times long ago And our own conscious memories of those who have gone before us the symbols are attached to something very deep that goes beyond words as we reflect on these last few days in the life of jesus giving himself in love for us Let pray, Lord we thank you for your invitation to your table, we thank you for your constant presence and for your acceptance of us as we are and for the forgiveness of sins and the promise of another chance. We share this meal together with those on Zoom throughout the world as we remember that we are the body of Christ alive in the world today amen and while they were eating jesus took bread and broke it and said this is my body which is broken for you. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. blood of Christ we shall retain the glass and then we shall all drink together to meet us may the wind always be at our back may the sun shine warm on our faces the rain fall soft upon our fields and until we meet again may god hold us in the hollow of his hand amen